Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for the show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync, so even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account so ambitious companies have the precision control and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. So once every couple of months, I like to have sex. So I'm having sex. Okay. Kid walks oh, in no. on us. Son walks in on us. I'm like, get out of here. What? And then a few minutes later, I walk down the hallway and I hear a bunch of noises coming from his room. I walk in and he's having sex with his grandmother. And I'm like, what are oh, you no. doing? And he looks no. at me and says, no. not so funny when it's your mother. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Oh, that's Scott, no. good. That no. guy, that's Bill Einstein no. from Larry Funkhauser, or, or the guy who plays Funkhauser from the Larry David oh, Show. Scott, I just wanted really? to, I wanted to ease back into the whole podcast, given that we've been off. Oh, Scott, can't you take that joke over to your other podcasts? Oh, it's worse on the other pod. This is oh, this really? is PG thirteen compared to the oh, other. Oh, that pod. was not PG thirteen. That was tasteless. That was utterly tasteless. That's why the other pod is is growing so fast. Well, they're they're equally tasteless, I feel. Uh, actually, I was at a lady fest yesterday and and last night in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, and they asked about your proclivity to talk about penis jokes and tell penis penis and sex jokes. I was well, I notice how they it. were talking about it. Yeah, just that's saying, true. <laughs> just saying. I wouldn't say it was positive, but no. um, I was. I like, thought you were supposed uh, to invite me to that. I was going to be the surprised. Got yeah, the surprise you know, guest with actually, outdoor plumbing and introducing outdoor plumbing. No, actually, it was it's this party run for many years, first by Aileen Lee, who's a venture capitalist here, and then Jackie Reese's joined her. Uh, it's quite a big event. There were they used to start like 20 people in Costco, uh, food essentially and margaritas, and now it's 300 people of women, and uh, the men are the all the all the either the company founders or their husbands uh, serve the food. Uh, so men are just waiters at the thing. God, that and, sounds uh, just so stupid. Yeah, it was lovely. We loved yeah. it. It was great. It was Have really men nice. Serve. Was, oh, men serve. Men serve. Yes. That'll show them. It was them. nice. <laughs> no, it was yeah, sweet. That'll fix you things. You know, other people have normal sweet lives where everything isn't loaded with, with these yeah, kind of that'll things. That'll fix it things. Was, it didn't fix things. But actually, it was it was nice to see so many young women entrepreneurs. There was a cannabis entrepreneur there handing out samples. So in addition uh, to gender diversity, the problem with yeah. venture capital is there's yeah. uh, no uh, background Forty uh, percent of all venture capitalists, and I bet it's eighty percent of venture capital allocated, are from people who went to one or two schools. Oh, so while everyone's okay. focused on gender because it's an easy thing to distinguish, the real problem is that everybody 
the capital that gets allocated basically gets allocated around things that one type of person, specifically a person who's a rich kid or freakishly remarkable at 17 would do, Mm -hmm. in my view. Anyway. All right. Okay. I'm glad you changed a woman's topic to uh, schools, but that's fine. Uh, anyway, it was lovely. Femtech is it- <laughs> underinvested. I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Hugely right. underinvested. By the way, yes. menopause is having a moment. There's a bunch of oh, funding and information God. around, or a bunch of attention around menopause. All right. Okay. The party was fun. The party was fun. It was good to see a lot of really. I can't believe I wasn't asked to serve. Yeah, you were nice. So it was people's husbands, and I guess I could have next year. How about next year? But I, feel I am like the closest thing you have to a husband. But that is true, and almost divorced husband, as as it turns out after today. As I said last time, you're on you're on thin ice on that issue. But anyway, it was fun. It was fun, and then we had a ladies' party afterwards at a very good restaurant uh, called Bird Dog. In in it was a very Palo Alto Silicon Valley evening, and so all the ladies then had dinner, and it was full. I of had Ryan food. Holiday, the Daily Stoic guy, on my other podcast, the the. Oh. NC-17 podcast, and he said that the key to marriage is not breaking up. So I just I just want to throw that out there, Kara. <laughs> okay. But it kind of made sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. When you that's think about true. the value out of marriage, it's yeah. that you think twice before dissolving the relationship in an era where it's the oh, bigger, better deal always so. comes yeah, along. I think, a, I think a lot of people do think twice and three times, actually, yeah, in a lot 100%. of ways. Uh, let me ask a question. They asked at the dinner party, which was a smaller group of women last night, they were asking two questions. What is your your secret indulgence, essentially? And what is your uh, greatest challenge right now? I'd like you to answer that question. I really like, uh, my indulgence is late night. I stay up till 3 a.m. and it's just peaceful mm-hmm. for me and Sometimes I do an edible, other times I don't, but I just enjoy that time at night. That's an indulgence because if I had a real job, I wouldn't be able to stay up till three in the morning on weeknights. That's true. So that's a real indulgence. And challenge? What's your greatest challenge? This got very serious very fast. I'll go, go, but then I want to hear yours. My greatest challenge, Kara, is being present. I struggle with a little bit with anger and depression, so I spend too much Mm -hmm. time in the past. And as a successful person, I am successful. I spend a lot of time in the future, constantly trading off the present for the future. Mm -hmm. And my greatest challenge is not getting to the end of my life and looking back on it and thinking, wow, what a life of exceptional privilege, blessings, people who love me, people I love immensely. Mm -hmm. But I was never really there. I never really lived it. So my greatest challenge is, quite frankly, is just, it sounds passe, is being in the moment. That's really, that's a great, that's a great thing to talk. It's very deep, actually. See, they also talked about how they liked that you had access to that very much. Besides the penis jokes, they said it's really It's all fun and games when it's your mother. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is the problem. What's your greatest challenge? Well, my my indulgence was power washing the deck. I love to power wash the deck. Jesus. I do. I take my so time. I take I, it, you should see. I'm going to send it, you pictures. I take it we're hanging out with lesbians again. I'm no, sorry, not ahead. at all. But there was a straight woman there who also loved to power wash. Power wash? Yeah, I love it. It's so satisfying. I would, have not, I would have not guessed that if you'd yeah, asked me to I guess a million it. things. I, I love I my pa- the power washing of the deck. I did it for hours the other day. It was so lovely. Uh, and you can see the, the, the difference from the dirt. It's totally meaningless, but it's so beautiful. It's I'm telling you, you want a TikTok that goes viral? There is. Get an Insta360 of you doing power washing your deck. Let me just tell you, power washing is a big deal on TikTok and everything else, people. Because the difference, if you, I'll send you a photo. If you power wash, Mm -hmm. I power wash something that I didn't know was light. And it was light. And I was like beyond belief thrilled. And so that was my indulgence, which I enjoyed. And people like that. Um, And my my challenge was time management, that I have lots to do. And I I wish I. I had think you're great time. at time management. I am, but it's still it's still trade offs, and I wish I had 
two of me and stuff like that. Time. Yeah, that's I'm not good a challenge. That's uh, well, uh, do, it's do more. You... It's behind the scenes. You don't see how the how it, it, I am very good at it. It looks that way, but it's also very. Um, do you overcommit? You know? Does it is does your professional no. life challenge your personal life and vice versa? I, I it used to much more. I much gotten much better at it. I spent yeah. a lot more time with my kids than I used to, and um and it's it's all worth it, obviously. But um but it was it's just a tie, it gets you tired at times. I commit like committing doing the book and all my podcasts and this and that. But uh, succession ended, so I have some more time. But and the book is done. So, so your book um, is done. It, yeah, the book is done. That's now. exciting. You know, I think yes. that book is something you will tell your great grandchildren about when you see them later tonight because you're old get it <laughs> anyway i took louis with me yesterday i went I to saw, see aurora. yeah i saw the instagram yeah he was uh, he, he went to i haven't shown you the aurora one which was great which is a truck company uh, uh soft yeah. makes software for autonomous trucks they're much more further along than the car stuff which is really interesting it was run by the guy who started Way i was Mo wondering how Google. long it would take before there was a dig at elon no, it wasn't. No, Seven no, no, minutes no. into the show. No, the old car. So it's not a dig. It's just that it's just an easier thing to do because these are these long haul truckers on long straight routes in the South, for example, they're working that, on. That so just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I'm just saying it's a better market. It's a better, they, they, they were outfitting Peterbilt trucks. It was really cool. I'll have a podcast on it, but uh, it's just a better economics. That's so all. trucker is the number one job for men without college degrees. The well, there's not enough of them by a lot, actually. That's one of the reasons hmm. all these uh, companies are, are participating in it. They've got a lot of partners as opposed to doing it by themselves, making their own trucks. Um, and this isn't Cybertruck is not the competitor. These are real long haul trucks. These aren't like Rivians and things like that. But it was cool. And Louis was we were in the cab of the truck. But that's not going to exist. It's all going to be computers, and it doesn't even have to look like that, uh, which was cool. So you take your kids to autonomous. He wanted to go autonomous driving software yeah. companies. I'm taking my kid <laughs> to Man U versus Man City on Saturday, oh. and then I'm taking my other one the next weekend to Istanbul to see the finals of the Champions League. Inter oh well, Milan. that's a good thing to dad son thing. That's Inter a good Milan thing. and Man City again. Yeah, Louis wanted to see it. He was really interested. I'm taking my daughter to Disney Princesses at Wolf Trap at some point. <laughs> so Disney I go to Princesses at what? Yeah, Amanda won't come. Um, it's a Disney Princesses concert. At all this Disney princesses sing all the Disney princess songs. Have so. you seen the princess, whatever you want to call it, experience at Disney where the, Not the, yet. the I'm little sure girls? I will. I'm not exaggerating. I it know. is magical. I, I've seen it from afar. I've I almost decided afar. to have a third kid because I thought I got to yeah. have a daughter because, A, because I need someone to take care of me when I get older when, yeah. when yeah. my wife wises up and kicks my ass to the curb. And two, okay. it is. You see these little girls emerge with yeah. their wings, and I'm not exaggerating, they can fly. I have, yeah. it is the most, like, a wonderful experience. I'm like, Disney, I hope Disney does really well just because of Yeah, that. it's interesting because Amanda doesn't want to go, she doesn't want to lean too heavily into the Disney princesses, and I kind of like them, and it's a really interesting issue because Clara loves them. She wears her Disney princess outfits all the time, and, um, you know, she's a spunky young lady, uh, but she's also very into this, and it's really, um, I want to take her, but it's 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 something you think about a lot, like, do you want, but... What, Amanda wants her power washing? How can you not <laughs> have your little girl... No. No, but you know, I'm more eager to see the. Um, they've done a much better job with these movies lately. But you know, I don't know. I, I it's just a thing you think about. You think about like just you just you, you do. You have boys and I have boys. So my youngest was my youngest one or my oldest. Got the best birthday present. A friend of ours brought over a pram, the pram for a doll, yeah. and she said. Oh. 
boys like cars and girls like dolls, but both boys and girls love the pram. Yes. And he absolutely loved it. He would put things in the pram and drive it around the house. And it was wonderful. Saul loves his his stroller. He loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. It's his favorite thing. He also bangs it in and throws it, but it's also, he loves it. I'm so glad there's not a real baby in it, (laughs) let me think. Um, No, my kid's like this. And tonight, Louie's going to cook here with Jeff uh, and a whole pack of people. Um, Your brother's in town? Yeah, he lives here. I'm in San Francisco. Oh, you're in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was down in Silicon Valley. D-Swish. D-Swish. Dr. Swisher. J-Swish and also Louie are going to cook, which is going to be great. They're making Wagyu beef. Jeff got some somewhere. So they're Wagyuing the beef. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. It's very exciting. Sounds great. Anyway. So we have a lot to get to today, the winners and losers of the debt ceiling deal. And AI is either an existential threat or an incredible investment opportunity, depending on who you ask. We'll get into that. And the hardest question to ask another parent. Hmm. First, Facebook said it could pull news from its app in California if the state passes a bill requiring it to pay publishers. It's the same threat made in Australia over a similar law in 2021. In that case, Facebook briefly banned news from its Australia platform before reaching a deal to pay publishers in the nation. I don't, I, this is going to go on all over the world. Do you think they'd have a better answer than pull it? I don't know. What do you, what do you think? The, one of the greatest slow burns that have really hurt America is that journalism it plays an exceptionally important role. Uh, not, not the national stuff, the geopolitical stuff, the stuff on the markets. And the stuff on money is is either adequately or over covered. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about corruption at the at at City Hall in uh, Worthington, Ohio, there yeah. used to be uh, I think yeah, you call it gumshoe a guy or gal on the beat that said these people are stealing, or these mm-hmm. people were supposed to to funnel money for this program to to the homeless in Worthington, and they're not. Right. And journalists are were. Arguably, other than the algebra of deterrence and that is punishment, journalists were the best sort of forward-leaning um, security force or police without a badge in America because of free press, because we had remarkable mm-hmm. people who got great certification and learned this journalistic skill around trying to do the work and have a balanced view around stuff and fact check. Mm-hmm. And in the last 30 years, the number of journalists in America has been cut in half and the number yeah. of PR comms people who I hear from about 15 times a day telling me what a great podcast guest they have for me or <laughs> inviting me to dinner with some, last night. Yeah. inviting me to dinner with some incredibly remarkably uninteresting douchebag just cuz he 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 runs a tech company for some reason I'd want to have dinner with him mm-hmm. those people have gone up so the ratio of spin and bullshit to on the ground coverage of really key issues has gone the wrong way 12x yeah, it's and true. So but was anyth- Facebook bluffing here? Oh, 100%. I mean, who would benefit there? VPN, such that you could get the full Facebook experience by just dialing in through a Las Vegas VPN or something? I, yeah. I think this is a total bluff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think they're going to maybe do it. They'll, they'll end up paying. And then the thing is, we need national laws on this, not state laws. This is another issue with state laws. Uh, I've talked to so many people recently around AI, around all these different privacy these state laws make it impossible uh, for, um, you know, whether it was Montana with TikTok or or whatever, even California laws, it, it creates all kinds of chaos, including for these companies. Like, what do we, who do we look at? Is, you know, there's got to be some global initiatives around certain AI things. There's got to be national 
national initiatives here. Um, and that would be, they're not going to pull it from the U.S., right? They're not going to pull news from the U.S. or they can try. They tried to do it in Australia um, and threatened to do it. But it's, it's, it's a complex topic. And I'm not going to just say, oh, they should pay, like how they should pay is going to be hard. Figuring out who benefits is going to be hard, but they certainly know um, or change their business where the news is not important to their thing. I don't know. I just feel like it's a bluff. And um, I don't, I wouldn't bluff California on lots of things. They it might get blocked in things. the courts. I mean, there's, might. I was looking right. at the Montana thing and there's one, oh, yeah. interstate commerce, you're not supposed to get in the way of a company's ability to do. Oh, Montana's going to lose on it, like nine different things, but. You well, know, the Montana bill is really bills of attainment the, when you target a company. This is targeting, I think, a sector, yeah, all thing. social media. Disney's um, going to win in Florida. Though. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of being very aggressive with social media that has basically pulled up a dump truck to every yeah. media company. And because media companies, and I saw this firsthand at the Times, so desperately want to hang out with the cool kids and, you know, accessorize their their analog yeah. outfit with digital earrings that they entered into a series of just ridiculously stupid deals and then normalize the notion that they do yeah. all the work, take all the risks. I had Bill Keller, who used to be the managing editor on my bo- yeah, podcast, New York Bill. Times. And yeah. I remember at a board dinner, and I was at the table with Bill, I remember in the middle of the dinner, um, Bill had to leave early. And I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm negotiating, I'm trying to negotiate with several different parties, the release of a journalist from the Taliban. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's what we're, that's what we do here at the fucking New York Times. And meanwhile, Google's yeah. off pr- printing money in their sleep yeah. because we send people into harm's way to do journal, to, to report and they yeah. end up as hostages and we yeah. got to negotiate for the release. I mean, the, the, the balance, we were so yeah. stupid to get fall in love with this, this, this bullshit notion of information wants to be free. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. And I oh, sure do. oh, like, Senator Kerry, it's early days, and we're going to yeah. send you a ton of traffic. And we, these companies, essentially just pulled up a dump truck and started taking money um, from media companies. And it's been it's it's been very damaging. I mean, it's given uh, the flip side is it's given a lot of people voice and access, and some incredible talent bubbles up and doesn't have to go to the you know the Columbia School of Journalism and get in the right platform. It has democratized a certain level of journalism, yeah. but on the whole, I think we've been net losers. Yeah. By the way, Bill Keller was the founding editor in chief of the Marshall Project, which looks at criminal justice things. That's, That's right. what I remember. Yeah. He's but he's had quite a legendary career. We do both think they're bluffing. Uh, speaking of not bluffing anymore, one person uh, is headed to jail. Elizabeth Holmes reported to a minimum security prison in Texas to begin her 11-year sentence. She follows Sonny Belwani, the former COO of Theranos, who entered the different prison last month month. His sentence is nearly 13 years. The pair are also on the hook for more than $450 million in restitution to victims. They probably do not have that money. We'll see if she serves her full sentence or gets early parole. She's still appealing her conviction. It's, a, as I said, minimum security prison where families can visit more, but the three women escaped the prison where Holmes is serving her sentence. One is still at large. You know, there were tons of stories about this. There's never been so much coverage of one woman, given all the fraud that's happened in Silicon Valley, going into prison. But she's a, you know, she's a carrot. She's a, she's someone who people seem interested in reading about. Um, and she's headed to prison. So that's that. Her, her. I think they got this wrong. Yeah, um, really? Yeah. I, Tell them. I think she's guilty of fraud. I think she should go to prison. I think 11 years does not match the crime. Yeah. And what, more? More. No, I, I think it should have been oh, less. less. Yeah, it was like, God, Scott, I'm going to have to come No, the four it. factors of sentencing are the severity of the crime, the defendant's history, mandatory minimums, and the purpose of the sentence. So the severity of the crime here, she committed fraud and she 
stole money uh, from institutional accredited wealthy investors. Mm-hmm. There was nothing around health here. No one got a, no one got an incorrect diagnosis, and they they died. That they proved, yeah. She didn't pump up a stock on CNBC and call it a software. I mean, she didn't. She didn't retail. Yeah. No retail investor lost money. She she committed fraud against institutional investors. She should go to yeah. prison. She should go to prison oh. for eleven years. Yeah, yeah. She probably won't go to prison for 11 years. It well, was interesting. okay, but that's what she was sentenced to. Yeah, I know. No, I know. I get it. She's I got get two it. kids. I, what should she judge, Scott? The thing here, and I, I, I'm not a sentencing guideline person here, but I think that you had a series of very well-connected, older, very kind of credentialed and well-connected people, men, including yeah. former heads men. of allied, All supreme men. allied commanders of, of yeah. NATO on this yeah. board. They felt lied to. They wanted to cover their own ass. They wanted to position her as the criminal here yeah. and went after her. And and let's compare and contrast that with the Sacklers. Yeah. The Sacklers, by the way, for people who don't know, will pay up to $6 billion uh, to help address the effects of the opioid crisis, but they won't be held liable. Um, the federal appeals court granted them immunity from civil liability suits. But let's compare the two. Uh, Elizabeth yeah. Holmes lied to investors. She stole from them. She's going to prison for 11 years. The yeah. Sacklers delayed and obfuscated and ignored a ton of evidence about the damage that their product was doing. And we have what is arguably more deaths per year than died in the entire Vietnam conflict because these individuals were so incredibly greedy. And they're going to have to give up half their wealth, which means absolutely nothing. Half Being worth $6, six billion versus $12 billion means nothing. And the yeah. problem in corporate America or a problem. It's not immorality. People are immoral or easy to find and start out of your company. It's amorality. Specifically, you talk yourself into believing that because there's not direct attribution between you and someone who is an opioid addict in you know the Midwest in a small rural town, you come up with reasons and the ability with lobbyists and regulatory capture and investors who love you and people around you tell you you're a genius to continue to incrementally do massive harm. Yeah. And because of the corporate, because of the, you know, and this is one of the great innovations in America, the corporate shield protects you from criminal liability yourself around what the company, quote unquote, the company does. Let me just say, they think that getting money to the victims, I was reading all the stories about it, um, was important about a under a billion dollars will go to individual victims and survivors. And so they felt like they just needed to get this money out because these people had continued to uh, try to get but, but, but let's look situation. at this. the severity of the crime. Let's look at both of the severity yeah. of the crime. No, is the, about yeah, a billion times worse for the Sacklers. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth Holmes said the defendant's yeah. history. None of them had a criminal history. Mandatory minimums. There are no mandatory yeah. minimums with a corporate shield. There was a minimum with the federal case around fraud. Right. The purpose of the sentence. I would argue that the purpose of this of these sentences or these fines is very simple. It's a deterrent. Yeah. They're trying to say to other CEOs, regardless of how big your bull economy is or how many turtlenecks you have or where you went to school, yeah. if you lie to your investors, you could go to jail. Yeah. There, what is the deterrence here if you're a pharma executive? What is the yeah. deterrence? It's not a deterrence. It's an encouragement. It's an incentive. Yeah. If you kill 50,000 people indirectly 
You might have to give up half the $12 billion fortune you You acquired acquired by by creating this damage. Yep. It's interesting comparison. I want to get your view on this. Do you think Elizabeth Holmes should go to jail for 11 years? I think she shouldn't be at 11. 11 years was a surprise to me. I I had forgotten it was 11 years, and it is too long. Um, You know, a couple of years, I suppose. Uh, It is interesting that, of course, of all the many hijinks in Silicon Valley, she's the one that gets it. The one with the ovaries gets put away. Yeah, and same thing with Martha Stewart and uh, going to jail for insider trading. I was like, huh. Let's. I haven't heard many of those for high-profile people like Martha Stewart, and maybe she did that, but boy, was that a real... And of course, she's bounced back rather significantly, but it still is... I, I, I think it's too long, obviously, and the Sacklers, I think, should be thrown down in a hole. I just don't know what else to say. They were clearly um, pushed this stuff out there, and there has to be some liability that is more significant that they can't shield themselves from, but they did. That's what they've done. Let's move on. Elon Musk may have cut costs at Twitter, but he also cut something else. It's value again. Twitter is worth just one third of its $44 billion purchase price, according to Fidelity, which had already cut uh, that number, uh, marked it down, and now they're marking it down further. It's not even worth what they just marked it down to. Um, so, you know, there you have it. It's continuing to lose value. Musk's stake is worth now eight, I guess. Uh, not a surprise, of course. Marks are really interesting. And they if you want to look at perverse behavior on a board and management mm-hmm. team, you can almost always reverse engineer it to compensation. Uh-huh. And so, and I'm on these boards currently right. or have been, and that is it, rather than get, you should always, when you're doing a, a, a next round of investing, you should always get a third party lead because mm-hmm. it's easy for us to smoke our own supply and say, oh, the company's doing better, even though the market's shitty yeah. and we've hit some bumps. We raised money at $3 billion, but right. now we're worth $4 billion. Yeah. And you're not. <laughs> right. Right. And what you need is, is a third party to come in with fresh capital and say, this is what the company's worth. And then if, sure. if your existing investors think that's too low, they can do their pro rata. But yeah. you need a third party mark. And what there has been an abundance of over the last decade is a lack of third party marks. Because what happens is the following. The guy at Fidelity who made this investment... Yeah. gets compensated based on where the performance of his investments are relative to a benchmark. That's right. Yeah. And it's based on, with private companies, right, such as mm-hmm. this one, the mark. Right. And so the the real mark on Twitter, Kara, is zero mm-hmm. for the equity. Yeah. Because yeah. they have $13 billion in debt. The mm-hmm. company will do two or two and a half billion, unless it's worth more in terms of valuation metrics than Meta or Google, the 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 value of the company is less than thirteen billion, meaning the equity value is zero. So the real mark should be zero, but the guy running that and the IR people that have to report that number don't want the mark to be zero. So back to private company boards, what that you see a lot of times is an internal round, and this happened like the last two or three rounds at WeWork, where they keep investing at higher valuations so they can report a mark to their uh-huh. fund and their limiteds, and maybe even fake out retail investors uh-huh. when it goes public. But marks are very dangerous because there's perverse so incentives around them. W- they should just say zero, it's worth nothing. The equity is worth zero at Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how is this, show me the math, the comparables, the EBITDA, the growth rate. This is just because someone will pay for it. This yeah. is a com- no company in history. Yeah. Without uh, without some sort of illegal act or or force de majeure has gone from five billion in revenue to two billion in about eight months. Yeah, that that yeah, is interesting. A historic decline in revenue. 
13 billion in debt. What's the multiple here? Two to three times? It's worth six to eight billion. That means its equity is negative. Yeah, he's got to get a business. He's got to get Linda Yaccarino in there working. Um, I had heard that she's got some contract issues at NBC. That was a rumor at the party last night. Did one of your waiters tell you that? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) they were useless. Um, It was interesting because, by the way, there were a lot of Twitter people at this party and he's not paying them. He's not paying them. He's not paying anything, not paying rent, not paying. He owes lots of money. Severance, yeah. His attitude is sue me. There'll be some breakage. Yeah, sue me. That's right. He's like a health insurance company. Make it really hard to get reimbursed and you'll just have a certain amount of breakage. Yeah, the whole thing is a financial meltdown. It was so interesting when I said it's not even worth this. What are you talking about? It's not worth anything. On uh, you went on Twitter to do that, and of course, all his stands came out and like you don't get what he's doing. He's making a super app. It's going to be this big no, business. Yeah, I said this you... only thing this is going to be is a meme stock. Maybe I was like that seems to like he'll sell yeah, it to a bunch of happen. imbeciles like yourselves, and and he'll run away with the money. Like, are you kidding? Like, and he won't go to jail by the way for doing that. He'll just you'll just have bought. You know, a, a ticket on dumb, the dumb, dumb express. Wealthiest man in the world as of today. Is he again? Because of the increase in Tesla stock. Mm. Took it back from Bernard Arnault. So there you go. It goes up and down. It's worth zero. Yes, that's correct. But he can afford it and it gives him uh, influence. That's what he's buying in, the, in this case. What'll be really interesting is when the banks that underwrote the debt take the debt off their balance sheet and cure it and price it. To yeah, see what the death rate's at. Because, they seem to try not to be doing that. They protect him, for sure. Well, I don't think it's them protecting him as much as they don't want to take the loss. Because right now, yeah. I think I bet they have it on their books. Again, back to this notion of marks and perverse incentives. When yeah. Morgan Stanley has, call it $5 billion worth of Twitter bonds, if they have to sell them at $2.5 billion, they have to take a $2.5 billion loss, and they have to talk about it in their next earnings call, which is not a good look. Especially, yeah. you know, So... They would. Re- they're probably keeping it on their books at eighty to hundred cents on the dollar, and if it goes out at less than hundred cents on the dollar, what that means is the equity is worth zero. Yeah. That the company's not, the company's not worth a thirteen billion in debt, which it, the debt will not go out at hundred cents on the dollar. So, again, the the equity here is worthless. I think he's already tired of it. He wants out of Dodge. He's going to blame Linda Yaccarino for his failings. She's there a year or less. One very smart person said that to me at the beginning. It's not about money. He'll lose a ton of money. Uh, it's about influence and his profile. Uh, and it's probably worth that's, it to him. That's true. That's what these guys do, right? I mean, they buy media companies. He could have bought like a lot of media companies. He could have bought a lot of things. For have much more influence. billion? Yeah, that's a lot. What could he have bought? He could have bought CNN. He could have bought like he could have, not that it's for sale, but the New York Times. He could have bought. You know, I think Bezos looks like a genius in comparison, paying a couple whatever he paid for the post, almost nothing, but less, much less than his yacht. Bezos paid two hundred and fifty million for the post. Yeah, that had, means he. Yeah. That means Musk could have purchased about what is that? Forty four billion eighty eight. That's 176 yeah. Washington Post or Twitter. But he doesn't get to tweet and be crazy. There you go. He could have he could have just tweeted for free, actually. He could have been crazy on Twitter himself. Yeah, anyway, um, all right, let's get to our first big story. The House of Representatives approved a deal to suspend the debt limit late on Wednesday. As we record this on Thursday, the deal is headed to the Senate. And even if approved, Wednesday night's vote has big implications for the future. An embarrassment to Speaker Kevin McCarthy. More Democrats voted for the bill than Republicans. 71 Republicans voted no. I think it was 149 Republicans voted yes. Um, they were supposed to be 150, but that's what it was. Um, and Republicans cited findings from the Congressional Budget Office, which said the changes to SNAP benefits wouldn't save any money, but would increase costs over 10 
10 years. Republicans aren't the only ones voting no, but these are the losers in any case. Uh, 46 House Democrats voted against the bill. AOC was the first Democrat to come out against exciting cuts to social programs. In the Senate, Bernie Sanders has pledged to vote against the bill for similar reasons. He also opposes the approval of a pipeline in West Virginia that's that's uh, folded in there for Joe Manchin, I think. I think it's going through. It looks like it's moving through and McCarthy and Biden did almost the impossible. It's amazing how, uh, how doddering Biden is and managed to get this bill through. But okay, okay, doddering. Daughter, he's doing very well for a doddering old man who's eating applesauce. Um, so what do you think? Work requirements here. Let me say what's in the bill. Work yep. requirements for government benefits, some rescinds IRS funding, cap spending for two years, approves the Mountain Valley Pipeline, a priority for Joe Manchin, as I said, ends the freeze uh, on student loan payments. Uh, a Times analysis said the bill reduced deficits by $1 trillion. Republicans wanted $4.8 trillion in cuts. Anyway, he's trying to also get rid of the debt limit. Uh, Jonathan Chait wrote uh, at New York Magazine, the deal makes financial hostage taking a normal accepted way to govern. I don't know. It felt like compromise here and less than that. But I don't, many people think that. So what do you think? There's no compromise here. This, yeah. I'm going to turn to our favorite pastime, and that is patting ourselves on the back. What was our mm-hmm. prediction around this? this and, the, and famous this. last words, because it hasn't been approved as of recording. Yeah. But our our prediction was the following. This deal is already done. They will take it right to the 11th hour. So Speaker yeah. McCarthy can can claim to his crazies that he took them right to the limit. And they will, that Biden will throw some symbolic and meaningless gives. Yeah. And so let's be clear, people not getting food stamps or, or I'm sorry, a, a work requirement that that is real, but if you actually read the bill, it actually expands eligibility mm-hmm. for food stamps, having to start restart student loan payments. And then what was the other one taking IRS funding, additional yeah. funding from 80 yeah. down to 60? Keep in mind yeah. the context here. The national debt is $32 trillion. Our yeah. economy is $25 trillion. I think our budget is $5.5 trillion, And we're talking about a few billion dollars here and there. This was the following. This was Biden saying to McCarthy, this blows up, you're gonna be the shortest serving speaker in history. Well, he Neither still might be. What can we do that gives you your crazies something to nibble on? But yeah. let's be honest, boss, I'm not giving you shit because yeah. you're gonna to have to fold one way or another here. Yeah. And they didn't give them, they, gave, they got nothing. They got yeah. nothing. And, and everyone this, did their performative voting, like AOC, et cetera. And the people on the far left are upset, the people on the far right, and that's exactly what should happen, is that reasonable people, um, the, the, president, the president played this, in my view, played this perfectly and said, okay. So we, is he still a doddering old man? Hmm? He hmm? shouldn't be running for president. Uh, can do better he's than this. pretty good. He's pretty good at it. He's done some pretty good things in infrastructure. Okay, this he's going to be eighty. He's, I anyway, get it. I don't but, even want to go well, here. I don't even want to go I'm here. That, this you. is where we are. Grandpa's he, working. <laughs> Grandpa's got a America lot going on. America should be able to do better than 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 a I good man who's smart who who is just throw him a fucking bone. He's he's. I, I like doing the man. He's every decision here. he makes. I would make, but at the same yeah. time, there has to be something. Resembling, I would agree with reality. You, but nonetheless, anyone he's not checked quite in with Senator daughter. Feinstein lately? I mean, I get it, but he's not Senator. Come on, he's getting. <laughs> he's going to be close, Kara. Uh, well, come on, he's going to be eighty-six fair. in his last I get year it. of presidency. I get it. I know lots of eighty-year-olds who are who are in our eighties perfectly fine. I'm just. They can be the I, I, I don't of the love United it. States. I don't. I don't love that 
our oh presidents, the, all of our elected officials this old. You know I don't. But nonetheless, I'm going to say this was, once again, oh, he managed also, to get to what the middle. If he, he managed, dies? Yes, that's right. Uh, Kamala Harris. President Harris? Yeah, I know. That'll be bad for the Democrats, probably, as much as I think she's quite accomplished and competent. But nonetheless, and younger, by the way. She is, she is younger. What do you think? Is my assessment here incorrect? What do you think? I think you're correctly. I think they, they managed to do a quite good job. And, and he, Kevin McCarthy probably might suffer his, there are a lot of Republic, noisy Republicans like Chip Roy uh, and that other Dan Bishop, I think, voting against the bill. That's a lot of people voting against it. I think he, he made that deal, the one House member to call for a no confidence vote. They might do that. And then we spent a lot of time on that. Like, again, one of those, you know, when you were watching, like it was a TV show, whether Matt Gates would say yes or not or up or down, which is ridiculous. Lauren Boebert had any moment in any sun and hopefully should be taken out in the next election. She's the best thing that could have happened. Her and Marjorie <laughs> Tillerson are the best thing that could have happened to Democrats. It's just yeah, a reminder. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's crazy. You, you may think we're crazy, but yeah, just so you they're know. much crazier. Yeah. yeah, we have much crazier down over here. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to think if he starts to really push back against these people and can have real power. Uh, there's a huge power in the speaker's job, obviously. But he certainly has some highly competent people around him. Massey, I think there were a couple, even I don't agree with them. There were some that really moved to get this done. Um, I think that uh, you never know what the crazies are going to do. And so they, he's at risk at all times because of deals he made to get the job. Um, and in Biden's case, you know, he there was ideas that he may have he may take use the 14th Amendment in order to get it to court to get rid of these de debt limits. Most other economies set debt limits at a percentage of GDP. Mm -hmm. If we adopted the EU model, 60% of GDP, our debt ceiling would be lower than its current limit. Most people um, think that the debt limit crisis every couple of years is ridiculous, is fucking ridiculous. Okay. And it creates a hostage situation. And I've read some very smart columns about it. Um, and uh, I think this this ridiculous, this is not something people should be politicking over. There should be spending cuts. They should do it in the old fashioned way, which is through bills and everything else, not to link it to something so important. So it shouldn't be there to allow them to do it. It's a gun. It's on the table. They'll shoot it at some point. So. I think a good move for Biden coming out of this once yeah. it's done is to get very serious about some sort of fiscal responsibility and say, we need to cut spending, folks. And also, yeah. we need to do away with loopholes and raise revenues. Yeah, well, that's not that's a non-starter with the Republicans' taxes or anything else. Every fiat currency in history has yeah. failed and gone away because yeah. the the dangerous part about a democracy, a representative democracy, is that when you can vote yourself money, you have a tough you time. Do. You do, yeah, yeah. That, per, exactly. Bingo, you do, and you in, you start inflating, and you end up with debt. You can't support. Countries don't go out of business because they're invaded. They go out of business because they go broke. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. It's just, this is going to be really hard. Just look at this agreed. short thing to do something that was obviously they had to fix. Um, but we'll see. There's definitely spending cuts need to be made. And uh, we'll see if they have the stomach to do it. I do think Biden's been a very deft uh, president on these, on lots of issues that they thought he couldn't pass. So maybe he definitely has a left wing that's really up in arms about some of these cuts. And, he, and McCarthy has the right wing who's up in arms about not making enough cuts. And some of their cuts are ridiculous. Some of them are stupid. Um, you know, they're not truly committed to really balancing the budget. By the way, did you see his first campaign ad? Who's Biden's? You know, at the, at the very beginning, they yeah. have to disclose, it says, my name yeah. is Joe Biden and I forget this message. Oh, stop it. You know what? Again, <laughs> give him a moment. You could not pull this shit off. And by the way, one of the people who've gotten a lot of the credit for this, besides Steve Rochetti, who's his advisor, is Shandala uh, Young, who's the head of the OMB. Very uh, important. And even McCarthy was like, 
this lady really helped us get to the right place. Anyway, it was interesting. Let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a dire warning about AI, and we'll take a question about guns in other people's homes. Ooh, that's scary. That happened to me once. Anyway, Scott, we'll be back in a minute. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Scott, we're back with our second big story. AI could kill us all again. That's the warning from the Center for AI Safety. In a short statement, the group said that mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. That's the whole statement. We're doomed. It was endorsed by notable scientists and entrepreneurs, including Sam Altman, Jeffrey Hinton, the godfather, the alleged godfather of AI, one of many, I'm going to say that, and several researchers from Google's DeepMind team, DeepMind's team. Um, the market uh, doesn't seem too worried. This week, the market cap of chipmaker NVIDIA briefly pushed past a trillion dollars, largely based on its role in creating hardware use for AI. Meanwhile, on an earnings call, Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff claimed that, quote, we are about to enter an unbelievable super cycle. For tech, it sounds like a storm we're not going to want to be in. Uh, so this was the group of people who are behind this. Um, whether these warnings are helpful or accurate, or they just try to 
make people say, we warned you. Meredith Whitaker, who I've interviewed many times, a former Google AI researcher, called the letter, quote, theater and said, we'll, we'll know it's real when they quit their jobs, unplug the data centers and actually stop AI development, which is not happening. Should we be focused on the short-term harms of AI? Critics like Kate Crawford, which we had, whom we had on Pivot last month, talked about bias, discrimination, and job displacement as near-term risks, which are important. And uh, Sam, of course, Sam Altman, who's sort of at the lead of this of this parade, uh, said, "Regulate us." What do you think about this? Is it theater? Is it? What? And, and let, let me just I don't know footnote this or caveat it or the fine print is that so many really smart people who I think their heart is in the right place and we're at the center of the development here are sufficiently worried that that I, I just want to acknowledge I don't know what I don't know. And yeah. it, it, it strikes me that we absolutely need um, immediately to assemble a group of very thoughtful people who have the, the teeth and the power yeah, to start communicating global, across yeah. border. We have weapons. We've already decided, like, we don't want bioweapons are a bad idea. And immediately we began talking to even our adversaries and said, okay, it's just a, a good idea if we limit the use of bioweapons. And people came to an agreement and there hasn't been full scale, like, you know, uh, uh, yep. Uh, you know, all green lights on the development of bioweapons. And that's been a good thing. I'm an optimist around this stuff. And I find it a little bit frustrating when Dr. Frankenstein comes out and says, I'm, I'm worried about Frank. It's like, <laughs> well, okay, he's, he's in town now and he's yeah. roaming around and now you're worried yeah. about him. So, yeah. and there is something to the fact that after they made their millions, after they vested their shares, we've talked about this, they're all of a sudden very concerned. And there does appear, and the media loves to run with this stuff because the end of the world, smart people predicting the end of the world is always great clickbait. Mm. I don't see why we wouldn't be able to establish LLM and generative AI that it is, is it can play defense as well as offense. I think the idea of a pause is ridiculous when mm -hmm. you can't monitor. Yeah. It's not like underground nuclear testing. noted. Yeah. You can't you can't monitor it, and you really think Iran and North Korea are gonna are gonna push pause? I think it's I'm I thought the metaverse was stupid. Web three I never understood. I got bullied into being indifferent about it because I thought I, I was worried about aging and that it made me look mm -hmm. old by not embracing something. Yeah, I thought that um, Internet of Things. I mean, this Good shit. Uh, I think this Google. I think Apple's Apple's VR thing is going to be the biggest tech disaster since the metaverse. AI. I'm playing with this thing every night. I think it's going to turn a, a, a group of young people, mostly young people, with the right skills, curiosity, into just information warriors. And I think we're going to yeah. push out preventive health care to pockets of people who weren't able to access it because they don't have the money or they were intimidated. I think it's going to be fantastic for the world. There's and certainly been there's certainly been more warnings about this compared to any other. I mean. Crypto, everyone was like, woohoo, you know, uh, social media, fantastic, the early internet, wow. And in this case, there is more discussion of the problems early on. Now, the question is, will there be a global body like you talked about? Probably mm -hmm. not, but there should be. Will there be, you know, adequate regulation or will it be this push-pull, like it'll be that threatening thing that Facebook is doing? Like that shouldn't be the way this is. This should be everybody coming together to discuss this. And obviously the business people have their business um interests, which uh, which usually trump everything else, because that's what they do. Um, and and there's going to be a lot of money. Look at just NVIDIA, for example, but all these companies that are going to be created. And so I, there's ways to deal with this in a lot of ways, because it's not going away. And how do you, how do you, like, how do, what do you deal with that? Of course, we know nuclear uh, 
will kill us, right? It could kill us, but it could also help us. So what are we going to do? It's here. How are we going to cope with it? And I think that it would be really great if there was some global body that had not just, they're never going to have teeth, I guess, but will it has high profile has high profile to begin to talk about these issues. Um, but, you know, they did it with pandemics. It didn't work out so well. They, you know, nuclear worked out better. The short-term risks are ones we should be addressing right away and 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 not to be like so enthralled with the long-term risks that we don't deal with the short-term risks. Um, and then look at it as an investment opportunity too. I don't, I think making it, making it one or the other is really use, useless in some way. Yeah, there'll be, um, there's no doubt there'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be any time you have this sort of transition of one substance or material to another, there's externalities as there will be here. But it, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how the blockchain is going to change my life. Yeah. I, I've, I've never understood virtual reality. Every night I am totally blown away by what yeah. AI can do. Yeah, you love that AI. Uh, and not only that, I generally find when the experts are all saying one thing, it usually means they're wrong. Oh. Um, especially around the economy and maybe around, I don't know. I, I'm a, I, I, it's so strange to be the optimist. Yeah. But well, all the mitigating the risk of extinction. <laughs> mitigating, mitigating the risk. Oh, extinction. Yeah, mitigating the risk. Um, but it should be on the level of that, of pandemics, nuclear war, and at least on the same. It should, social media should have been there, too, where people were. I think we would have had a lot better legislation, and this will definitely spur people to hopefully write good legislation Hope and so. not wacky legislation. So, you know, and go too far, but we'll see. But people are definitely talking about it and they're, they're scared. They're, the public is, the public that pays attention to stuff and it's not just the elite, lots of people. I get asked about this all the time by everybody. And so um, non-tech people, especially, they're like, what is this? Like they're very, and it's, they're, it's, they're not, they're worried. They're definitely worried in a way that they hadn't been with other technologies. You know, with cyber, with the, with, with uh, cryptocurrency, they're like, how do I get in? I was like, don't, don't, please don't, like, please don't yet, like, don't, it kind of thing versus this, which I think they're, they're, they're dipping their toe in as you are. You're dipping your whole body in, actually. You're jumping I'm in. I'm swimming. Poly. You're swimming. You know, you saw that lawyer thing where he put all the things and AI made it up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love wrong, those stories. More stories like citations. that. Yeah. yeah, more stories. That's going to happen all the time. Anyway, I don't think that was the end of civilization. It was the end of that guy's career, but still. Anyway, let's pivot to a listener question. This is something much more immediate and dangerous. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, Kara and Scott slash Scott and Kara. I uh, have a question. I have two young kids, and while I'm not planning on asking their potential playdates whether they're going to be going to any drag shows, I would like to ask parents whether they have any firearms in their home and that whether they're locked up uh, appropriately. What's a good way to broach that topic that won't make people uncomfortable or alienate my kids? Thanks. God, that's an interesting question. Hmm. I would ask people, if you live in somewhere where you think people have a lot of farms, I would say, listen, do you have farms in your home and are they locked up appropriately? That's okay. I don't think people would be offended. People who, who are good gun owners are not offended by things like that. My, in my experience, people who, who aren't the lunatics who just think you should be able to wander around with firearms all the time and just not take good safety care. The safety people, many gun owners are safety conscious, extremely safety conscious. So I would just ask them. And I, don't worry about your kids. You're trying to protect them and you're not being overly, I, I think you should ask. I, I, I had that happen to me once in San Francisco. There was a guy who 
who had just joined the FBI and he, and I got one out of the room and he had his gun out showing the kids the gun and it, the safety was not on. And I wanted to kill him. I was like, I'm going to call the FBI on you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I didn't ask me if it was okay. Um, That's so inappropriate. I, I totally inappropriate. And I was like, he's like, oh, you just don't like guns. I'm like, uh, no, not necessarily. I just think you shouldn't, you should ask a parent yeah, look, if you want them to there's see no getting around to it. have it around them. Um, it's like, it, these things go off. She has like, to that's do, all. And I, I don't think, think this is assume. about her. I, I, yeah. I don't think this is about her kids. I mm-hmm. think this is about her. And that's important. Okay. okay. Explain. Well, well, I have a lot of fears around my kids and guns. Yeah. And it causes a lot of stress in my life. And that's mm-hmm. important. And if I can do things yeah. to relieve that stress, that should be taken into account. If yeah. you look at the actual stats, mm-hmm. the likelihood a kid is going to get killed by a handgun at a play date, the drive to the play date is much more dangerous. Yeah, of course. 60%, I think, of deaths from handguns are someone in the house has a, 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 you know, a depressive event, suicidal ideation, and thinks, I know how to end this all. There's a gun upstairs, and they go upstairs, and they kill themselves. Yeah, the availability. And just the fact that people have kids and are having play dates probably means they're fairly responsible people. So I, I, I want to be clear. The data shows your fears are probably not what I'd call, uh, there are bigger dangers yeah. than kids, y- y- your kid Driving being killed at a play yes. date by a gun. Now, having said that, if it causes you a lot of stress, you have to decide you're going to be known as that mom. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I'm sorry, but when you call me and say, do you have firearms and are they locked up before you let your kid come over for a play date? I, I, I understand. I'm a progressive. I get it. I say, no, we do not. You do not need to be worried. I'm, And then I'm like, that's that mom. So, mm-hmm. but that might be worth it to you. You might say, I don't care. I, I, it, gives, it gives me a sense of comfort and relief. I think this is a very personal issue. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended if I was a gun owner. Uh, if someone asked me, I'd be fine. They're fine. I'm not Go, offended, that's okay. but oh, that's yeah. that mom. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's fine. I would not be mad about someone asking about that at all. I would not. I would, if they thought I had a gun and I would not, I wouldn't say that mom. Uh, usually it's over like snacks. Like, like oh, I'm giving my kids Ritz crackers. That's just the way it's going. Um, or, you know, do you, uh, you're not, is, I mean, I would be more like if they the were dangerous particular. to the kids that live in that house. The danger yes. around firearms yes. is that the kid is bored, looking around, finds a shoebox, finds a gun, starts playing with yeah. it, and, and yeah. something, you know, tragedy occurs. Anyway, I, it, this is, the, but see, this is a kind of conversation mm-hmm. that's uniquely American. Yeah. In a bad way. Yeah. yeah and we just shouldn't be having these conversations in this type of listener mail. It's, it's just so yeah. insane that we've yeah. let it come this far that this is now something a mom needs to worry about, whether she should yeah. prophylactically be asking questions around where her kids play. Well, I don't it's know this, where she lives, but if she's in a red state, it is a good question. It is like lots of people have guns in their homes and lots of guns. I did walk into one Silicon Valley house and it was a, a someone, a venture capitalist woman, and 
uh, my, I brought my sons a beautiful house and, um, it was some crazy party they were having. They, there was like a camel there. <laughs> it was that kind of party. And I was like, I'm taking my kids to see a camel. So, um, and I walked into the, her husband's office. They've since gotten divorced and he had guns everywhere, all like out and everywhere on the but wall. Like antique was, guns know, or firearms? That and all kinds. Like he loved a gun. He loved a lot of beautiful antique firearms and, mm. uh, and my kids were immediately riveted and I had to spend the whole party keeping him out of that room. I was like, you're not going in that room. I had, you know, they just wanted to see and touch these things. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like <laughs> there were so many guns. It was crazy. Um, and I, I didn't know if they were safe or not. I couldn't tell because they were right there. And uh, I always feel like if there's a gun, it's going to go off. Like it's just, I'm assuming it's going to go off at some point. My God, anyway, yeah. just, to, just to take this really to a depressing place. My godfather yeah. killed himself with an antique gun. Oh, um, wow. Charlie Evans, this wonderful, very successful man, you know, kind of a baller, lived in the uh-huh. Hollywood Hills, beautiful wife, like had the life, right? And lost his business. Wife told him she was leaving him and went to the garage, pulled out some oh, very no. expensive antique gun, oh, put it to his chest. I'm so sorry. Ugh. Oh, a long time oh. ago. Well, this is gone. This really, is taking a direction. Really rocked my mother. Uh, ask the parents. Be that mother, mother. Uh, and go. thank you for saying Karen Scott and Scott and Kara. Uh, but uh, don't, don't worry about how you act. But don't ask about Ritz crackers, okay? Just don't do it. All right. If you've got a question of your own you'd like answered, send it our way. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions, your favorite part. Okay, Scott, let's hear a prediction. So my prediction comes back to AI. I do think we're going to see, I think the first realization of all the catastrophizing that's going around in AI is going to come to light in the next 12 to 18 months, or it's going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months. We just don't know if it's, we might not find out about it till after. Mm -hmm. But essentially you have an invasion of Europe and you have an individual, Putin, who horribly miscalculated and is losing thousands of soldiers a week. His popularity is going down. And this war is literally life or death for him. Mm-hmm. If he, if this ends up in a stalemate slowly but surely, that means a loss for Russia because we have more resources, I believe, yeah. and more staying power. The Russian economy will start to go down. If he has, if he loses, if he picks up and leaves, I think he'll either be murdered by his own people or it's just not, there are a lot, he has to, there, there are a lot of bad options here for him. He horribly miscalculated the, the Ukrainian uh, army yep. and the support of the West. Mm-hmm. There is one thing, the shortest distance between him and victory there is what? How does he win this war theoretically overnight? What would need to happen? Any thoughts? A bomb, bomb. I, I don't, it's, it's not really winning either. I think, it's a- I think that's where most people would go, and it's it's a correct response. But I think he would be he would he would be singular and and isolated. Even China and India would turn against him if he used a bomb. He would mm-hmm. it'd be over for him. I think he would have already used one if he didn't realize that he would be. I think his own people would kill him if he decided to. I mean, the fallout starts spreading across China. I mean, he. I don't think he can can use a bomb. I think the shortest distance between him and victory is if Trump is reelected. If Trump is reelected, um, he wins the war, and and so what I think you're going to see if I'm so if I'm Putin, 
and I have very smart people, and I also think he's very intelligent, have done the game theory here. They think the this war's not going well. We can't win it conventionally or through kinetic power. Our fastest path to a victory in Ukraine is the following, and that is if Trump gets yep. reelected. So we need our best and brightest. We need our okay. assets overseas yeah. to use generative AI and every tool possible to come up with misinformation that results in a Trump victory. And I yeah. think you're going to see the mother of all and where they're going to take advantage of porous social media platforms and people who are not immoral but amoral and will delay and obfuscate and want to take the money that they'll get from these campaigns as opposed to you want to you want to know where we need a pause for 90 days before the election social media should have a pause on anything political. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's where we need a fucking pause. You know, I've been hearing from a lot of because uh, I live in Washington, I run into a lot of lawyers and just take that's the part of pipe people. They're like, this case that the government has is quite dangerous for Trump. This espionage, this essentially the, the documents case. They are like, this is like serious. And so it may derail him. I've never heard them say that. They're always like, oh, he'll get out of this this way. Now, he, well, I hope you're right. But, it, but I'm if, just saying, I just, if history is any interesting. indicator, yeah, I know. he's going to get to run for president. And guess who's in prison? Elizabeth Holmes. Like it, it, it does ultimately <laughs> get you. I know, but my, I know my predict- it doesn't, but... My prediction is the following, is that there are a group of very smart... I mean, they're going to spend... If we're spending... If just the U.S. is spending 60 or $70 billion a year right. on this war, imagine what Russia is spending, and it's got an economy one-twelfth the size. So if you're, if you're Putin, don't you think, why don't we take $5 billion and get the smartest scientists and rally all of our assets, all of our spies in the United States, mm-hmm. and the best and brightest psychologists, linguists, and start testing the shit around out of misinformation that depositions Biden and elevates Trump. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would be doing. Yeah, because yeah. the shortest path to victory in Ukraine for Russia is very simple. If Trump is elected, they win the war. If Trump is not elected, they're going to lose this war. It comes oh, it's, it's that simple. I don't know. I think Trump's got a lot of um a lot of problems with his own party. Look, Lindsey Graham isn't well, he turns all the time, doesn't he? But he seems pretty uh stuck on uh, on uh on Ukraine, like in defending them. There's a lot of Republicans who are- uh, I'm not, um, the prediction isn't whether Trump will win or not. If you look at the map and issues, d- Trump looks really weak. Trump, right. right now, it looks like, unless something weird happens, it looks like Biden handily beats him. Yeah, we'll uh, But the odds of ending this war yeah. are, the, the, the best odds they have is to get Trump back in office. So you're about to see the mother of all AI-generated misinformation around this election. Well, they could just have to get uh, Ron DeSantis in. He's another one. You know what I mean? Like, he's been questioning it. So he, they just point. have to get him, and then they'll take him over. And Trump is harder to get in. So if I were the that's, Russians, I'd back Ron DeSantis. That's actually a wrinkle I hadn't thought about. That's yeah, interesting. That's, why would you back Trump? He's trouble. Like, you never know what he's going to do. And DeSantis, yeah, but he kind of do. he's definitely, because he's, a, he's, he's the ultimate useful idiot. I mean, yeah, he, but he really is. He feels the same. I just feel like he's the same. And we'll see. We'll see. You know, his, his, he's got so much money back in him, DeSantis. It's kind of, at least here in the Valley, he's definitely well, so got- So did Hillary. Uh, I get it, but I don't know. I, people do think he's got he's to come back you in know, him. I, I, I think he actually has a lot to run on. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we were on opposite sides of this last one. You said he brightens yeah. up a room by leaving it, and you're right. He's not yes. very charming. 
No, um, I agree. He's got a hundred million I, bucks, I think, already raised, and he he has a strong case to make to people who are going to be receptive about his. his he's track doing record. it. If you've noticed, it's like, well, he's well, we love Trump, but he's going to jail. That's essentially his message. So right. I think a lot of people are making that calculation, which is why they're giving him money versus Trump. And you know, I get that Trump's super popular and may get to it, but I this I don't know. I just feel like maybe DeSantis. Well, maybe might the, be the one you know, or someone if, else. if you think about who are the. Who are the beneficiaries of this tsunami of AI-generated misinformation? Is it Trump or is it DeSantis? The answer might be yes. They might just do do it for both. Or let me put this, or they'll just go the other way and start circulating just a ton of misinformation around around Trump. Yeah, well, he's already doing that to DeSantis about his wife with cancer, whether she had cancer or not. And another thing, they've been doing a lot of it just explicitly. Um, And you know who's going to get a lot of attention? Oh, wow. Who? You know, he's going to get a lot of attention as uh, uh, Vice President Harris. Yes. Well, so far, not yet, but they will. Um, they um, the, uh, Speaking of vice presidents, another thing someone was talking about, which I hadn't thought about, is Trump's pick of a VP will be critically important. If he goes the Carrie Lake crazy route, he's pro- it's problematic. If he goes to a more Tim Scott kind of pick, that's a better, you know, it moves him closer to the center. And so anyway, it's an interesting uh situation politically. We'll see. We'll see. But right now, the debt ceiling looks like it's on its way to being passed. So old Joe Biden, old by old, old Joe Biden seems to have been mm-hmm. doing pretty well for a doddering old man. Anyway, uh, that's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday with more Pivot. Uh, Scott, read us out. Today's show is produced by Lara Neyman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Dertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Mil Severio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Kara, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, you too. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here... Chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.